welcome to Life Done Differently, a podcast that's all about people who are living alternative lifestyles. Hi everyone, Lisa here. Welcome to another episode of Life Done Differently, the podcast. When I first started to seriously think about launching this podcast, I made a wish list of people who I would love to have as guests. And I'm super excited that today I can introduce you to two people who were pretty high up on that wish list. I first heard about Jackie and Gareth, who are also known on Facebook as Riches Have Wheels, um, when I started to think about van life as an option for me. At that point, these two were about a year into their van life journey here in New Zealand, and they were sharing their experience on Facebook and on their travel blog. I started following them, and they've been a source of inspiration for me ever since. Unfortunately, we've not yet been able to meet in person, but when I asked if they would be keen to come on the show, Jackie and Gareth jumped at the opportunity, which was really awesome. Um, this is the first episode, actually, of the podcast where I chat to another van lifer, um, or actually two in this case, and I really enjoyed the chance to hear more about their experience and, of course, compare it to my own experience and swap stories. We talk about van life here in New Zealand, how moving from a house into a van is no guarantee for a stress-free life, what it's like for them to live in such a small space together, and of course, I also asked them one of my favorite questions, what does happiness mean to them? I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So here you go. Hey guys, how are you going? Hello, very well, thank you. Hi, I'm good. Uh, awesome to hear. Well, thank you so much for making time to have a chat to me today. Thank you. I've already mentioned in my introduction that um, you guys are two people who I have been following for quite a while, probably since sort of the since I started to get interested in the lifestyle. So it's um, kind of like almost weird that we haven't met in person yet, but um, I think people forget <laughs> that even though New Zealand is a small country, we're actually quite you know a long country, so it is surprisingly easy to not meet each other. Um, but yeah, so super awesome that you made time to you know have a chat to me today. And I get to hear your story and share it with everyone else. Oh, thank you for asking us. It's lovely to be here. Awesome. Cool. So why don't we just start with um, you telling us a little bit more about what your your lifestyle is like. You, you sold your house um, about four years ago, if I'm doing the math correctly, and you've been living on the road ever since. So tell us a little bit more about what that's been like. Yeah, well, um, no, you're right. It's coming up four years and we sold the house and we kind of didn't really have a plan other than we wanted to do something completely different, didn't know where we wanted to be and we were just sort of willing to do anything to support ourselves while we're on the road. But um, it ended up becoming just really busy and now we, we live to work, we um, work to live and, you know, we just do what we love. So it's really worked out quite well, hasn't it? Yeah. Cool. So when you made the decision to sell the house, did you have your van and so you knew you were going to move out of the house and move into the van to travel for a while? Yeah, yeah, that was the plan. We were going to, well, we we only planned to do it for a few months, really, didn't we? Yeah, and I should probably go back to like when we put the house in the market, we didn't actually have the van at that stage yet. No, um, no, our, our house sold in nine hours. Um, oh wow when we actually put it on the market and so we had what was it five weeks I think it was exactly five weeks from the day of sale um, until the house got taken over and we had to find a new house on wheels and yeah we nothing literally yeah. <laughs> and we that like would have been a little bit scary being homeless all of a sudden yeah it, was, it made things difficult um, but we didn't have a car at the time either because um, yeah it'd been written off and so um we had to borrow a car to go check out the nearest van that was possible to us. And that happened to be our little uh, black uh, Nissan L Grand. Yeah. And that was our very first van. And needless to say, the setup wasn't quite right. So we ended up getting um, our new, well, our newer van, Ken, the Mazda Bongo, who is now our permanent home. Yeah. We've been with Ken ever since. So, you know, we were 
greener than green when we first started. We, you know, it was a very, it wasn't a rush decision, but by the time, you know, once we actually decided to sell the house, everything just moved so fast. And, and so it was literally, yeah, we had to go and purchase this, this one van and hope that it worked. And it did for a while. But as we learned, you know, there's so much more, it's not so much the size that matters, but the setup really. And so, yeah, we learned that the hard way. <laughs> you learn a lot, don't you? I mean, it was similar for me. Like I bought my first van and then kind of lost that after, you know, a year and a half. And now I'm on the second one. And you just sort of, I wouldn't say that it was a rush, rush decision, but it was definitely an uninformed decision when I bought the first one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we went to... um one of the Kobe super shows recently, didn't we? It was the first one that we'd been to. And it was just mind-blowing the amount of information that is out there for motorhomes of all sizes, you know, from little pop-tops to tents to vans and everything. And, and as I was looking around and, and walking around and seeing all the exhibitors, I was thinking, wow, you know, there's so much information out there. And yet we did none of that. You know? Yeah, me neither, really. Funny. Um, so once you, you had your van and you'd sold the house, um, did you go traveling and, and, or did you mostly spend time in one area? Cause there was a caravan at some point as well, wasn't there that you spent some time in the South Island living in the caravan, didn't you? Yeah. So that was in what, third year, I think. Yeah. End of 2018. Yeah. But, um, once we got the van at first, we started ticky touring around and, um, well, first of all, I had 10 days left on my work contract in Fang Mata, so I ended up, we stayed around in town, uh, which was kind of weird. We're in our hometown, but we were staying in the campground as opposed to our house, so it was, um, it was really quite weird, but after that, we took off up north and went to Cape Brianga and sort of toured around until about Christmas time where we came back and caught up with my mum and some family and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we went all over the place. We went around Taranaki and then, um, yeah, we had, we sort of made it our goal. We wanted to go to the deep south. That was, you know, our ultimate goal. So that was where we made our way down and went um, via West Coast everywhere on the way, didn't we? So, um, so yeah, we, we've been we've been from top to bottom twice pretty much so far. <laughs> and was that a, a main reason why you decided to buy the van because you wanted to travel and see New Zealand well the goal was to get land and main thing is we didn't know where we wanted to be so the van was just that tool to um, find out where we wanted to be and still what four years down the track we're still deciding on where we'd want to settle um yeah I suppose we it was a want to travel, but it was more um, a means to an end, which has now become a whole end, really. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. Um, and I think we realised, you know, I was aware, I grew up in England and Gareth grew up in Wales, and, you know, it became apparent very quickly as soon as we hit the road that, you know, we'd just never never really seen anything while we'd been here. I mean, we'd been both living on the Coromandel um, before we even met each other, and for about six, seven years. And as soon as we started touring our own backyard, just in the van, you know, finding our feet, it was actually embarrassing how little we'd seen. And so we realized that it was something that, yeah, we just didn't really want to rush if we didn't have to. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I always feel like I've actually met a few people now who started this lifestyle wanting to find the place in New Zealand where they want to settle down and then they just you know find like one amazing place after the other and never actually settle down and we're so lucky aren't we that we have this country where there's just so many amazing places to explore and it's just yeah I, I find it really hard to pick a place where I want to you know settle down and just spend my time in that area. Yeah there's so much out there I mean that's one of the things that we learned you know, a couple of people when we first hit the road was, was saying, oh, New Zealand's such a small country, you'll be done in a couple of years. But one of the first people that we met had actually been on the on the road in a seven-meter bus for, I think, about 43 years, and so they're still going. So it's a few years on from that now. And they said, you know, they just never run out of places to go. To mm -hmm. There's always some new road to go down, some new thing to explore and see. So, yeah, we're, we're totally confident that we're just not going to run out of things to see and do. Yeah, yeah, same here. 
Um, cool. So one thing I'm always really interested in hearing a bit more about is what actually was it that made people, you know, make that decision to leave, I guess, what we call the normal life behind and kind of explore an alternative path in life. So if you think back to that time, you know, four years ago when you made that decision to sell the house, um, what was it that motivated you to do that? What was it that you wanted to achieve? I knew, as Gareth said, you know, um, it, it was my house at, at the time. Um, I was uh, a homeowner before I met Gareth, and we actually kind of met and bonded through our love of travel and, and wanting to do more of it. But uh, even before I met him, things were very hard. You know, I was a, a solo mum bringing up two boys. One was, I uh, was putting one through university, and the other one was ready to leave home and, and sort of left school. And I've been sort of trying to be everything to everybody for a long time and hold everything together, pay all the bills. And we were living, um, as Gareth said, we were in Whangamataa on the Coromandel Peninsula, which is a very seasonal town. And, you know, pretty much like a lot of people do, I, I had a mortgage and, you know, I kind of borrowed to my limit to be able to do what I needed to do and, and hold everything together. But like many people, I couldn't afford for anything to go wrong. I had no backup plan, no savings. And of course, when things can't go wrong, that's when everything goes wrong. So, you know, I was uh, ill. I had pneumonia. I had meningitis. I had um, car accidents. There were jobs that were falling through. You know, there was this humongous chain of catastrophes for, you know, long before I even met Gareth. And so by the time we actually did meet and get together, um, I was kind of pretty much over it as well and um Whangamata was a town that was full of tourists to you know full of people holidaying traveling adventuring and you know I kind of wanted to do that instead I kept sort of meeting friends and meeting people in the town that from overseas and learning about people that were in vans and just yeah camping and caravans or whatever and, and I really envied them their freedom you know I'd really got myself quite stuck um, and realized I was beholden to the bank for about another 25 years. And I thought, I can't go on like this for another 25 years. You know, I was already just kind of like a, just on autopilot, really, the whole time, just getting through each day and just didn't want to be like that. And sort of motorhoming was a dream that I'd always had. Um, but I thought it was something that only retired people could do, you know, not necessarily motorhome, but, you know, I wanted a little home on wheels one day and just sort of envisioned myself as a little gray-haired old lady sort of pottering around the country because I thought I thought that's that's when it would be you know I didn't think I'd be able to do that any sooner um and then once Gareth and I got together and we were, were talking about traveling he was happy to do whatever but he agreed that yeah we didn't it wasn't something that people of um of our sort of age did and so thought oh well nice idea but we'll put it on the back burner and then the, the uh, catalyst in the end was um, I used to write for a magazine called That's Life and I picked up an article one afternoon and was feeling quite down and despondent and there was a lady who uh, was a New Zealander and she was a bit older than we were and she just sort of thrown caution to the wind and her story could have been like mine really. She was just struggling with debts and stress and just had enough of it and so she actually bought a, I think it was a 12-meter bus, it was quite a big one. Um, mm. And, you know, despite having no experience of, of doing that either, she just, you know, bit the bullet and did it. And uh, by the time I read the article, it was 18 months down the track and she was just loving it. She had no problems finding work and supporting herself. And for some strange reason, I mean, I'd already been a freelance writer for sort of over 15 years. I'd always worked from home. And I don't know why it never occurred to me that I could just pick up my laptop and, you know, <laughs> take it on the road with me and so uh, Gareth came home from work that afternoon and I literally just kind of stuck the magazine in front of his face and said look at this you know if this lady can do it then we can you know but <laughs> we've got youth on our side we're both willing to do whatever and so yeah it just kind of went from there and yeah um, that that was how the, the ball got into motion and, and as we said things happened really really fast from then on so yeah and so has it has it been what you thought it would be like um, or did it kind of turn out to be quite a different lifestyle to what you were expecting? It's, um, I suppose, further down the track. It wasn't, it's not quite what we thought it'd be. Uh, I set the road. We had those few weeks where it was just that idyllic sort of traveling around from place to place and sitting out with the deck chairs with a beer and uh, cooking stuff on the barbecue. And, 
I guess for us with our line of work with uh, Jackie's journalism and my photography and stuff like that, um, we just got more and more engrossed with our work and keeping up with that and going. We go and see so many amazing places, um, but yeah, we didn't imagine we'd be working just so much. It's work that we love, but we do it a lot, and so we get to do what we love a lot. But yeah, it's not quite. <laughs> sometimes we do kind of have to say what, what happened to the simple life that we were doing <laughs> it is so easy isn't it and I mean you guys are doing so much like I mean you um, quite funny actually I thought um, how you know when when I first had the idea of moving into a van and living this way obviously I did what you do you know um, I googled it and I tried to find other people and and I came across you guys in your Facebook page um, Riches of Wheels and so I started following you guys and have been ever since. And I think it's quite funny how sometimes I feel like I'm sort of following in your footsteps because, um, Jackie, you were already riding for motorhome caravans and destinations. And then I started riding for them and you guys were writing books. You've done two now. And, and then I was doing my book. And, um, yeah. and so, yeah, a lot of the time I you know see what you guys are doing and I feel like, you know, what an inspiration and um but also you know realize like how busy you guys must be because yeah so you've done two books last year haven't you yeah yeah we ended up doing two books in 10 months and yeah it was something that we never it was it was something we joked about at the start I think it was actually the lady that had been living on the road for 40 odd years you know when she found out what we were doing she said oh well you you know you have to write a book someday and we kind of laughed and said oh yeah wouldn't that be great like that would never happen um and we were always kind of keen to do anything you know um we were sort of thinking well if we've got to pick fruit to support ourselves or you know do do what other van lifers do that's fine we'll do all that but we just ended up um like you said I got the um that column with uh, motorhomes caravans and destinations magazine pretty much as soon as we hit the road didn't we so that was that was awesome and work just kept coming you know <laughs> and it hasn't it hasn't stopped <laughs> so would you say are you someone who finds it hard to say no to people or is it just that you love doing all that stuff and and you actually want to do all all of it just talking about this this morning we aren't we really and you know we we do do what we love I would say both. Mm. Um, a lot of the things that we get offered are things that we love to do, but we do a lot of things for free and a lot of things out of the kindness of our hearts, which is, you know, we always love helping out people, but I think we do it a bit too often sometimes and uh, at the expense of ourselves. But, um, you know, it's all stuff that we love, so, yeah. Yeah, mm. like you say, it's a, it's about saying no and... um. You know, I was, I was saying to Gareth this morning, we were talking about, you know, how, how do we get so much work? How, how are we always so busy? And I think going back to the house, you know, before I met Gareth, I was working sort of three or four jobs. I was doing anything to make ends meet and income was never certain. And also, you know, when you're a freelancer, you can, it's very rarely that you can predict your income. And so mm. when we got on the road and were offered all these opportunities, um, you know, I wouldn't do anything that I didn't like the sound of. And it was wonderful that we've been offered everything that just is so wonderful and that we can be so passionate about. But, um, yeah, sometimes we've had so many doors open that we've had to sort of close a few as well because, you know, <laughs> just can't do it all. Yeah, because you, um, you are starting to notice, um, you know, the price you pay, aren't you? Like you, you shared on your Facebook page the other day that um, you, Jackie, are suffering from chronic fatigue and and you were talking a bit about how you know busy you you have been despite trying to live a really minimalistic and stress-free um, life so um I know it's you know probably all still quite fresh and new for you but I was just wondering if you know you like what are the lessons you've learned from that sort of getting to the point where I guess you know in a way your body is telling you you got to slow down yeah, absolutely. Um, like I was saying back when we were in the house and, you know, I was trying to be everything to everybody and you can't do that. And I think you summed it up quite well this morning, didn't you? When you were saying, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of home you have, whether it's a big house or a small home on wheels, but if you've got that mentality with you, um, yeah, that's something that you have to learn to let go of. And <laughs> Yeah, we haven't let go of it yet, but... Um... <laughs> For us, we just get pulled in so many different directions, and it's awesome because we get to do so many different things. Um, 
like we started in our third year on the road we started camper van kitchen which is our cooking page and we do recipes through that hence we did a second book which was our cookbook and that was a different tangent that came up and um we're just following our passion with it and now we've come down the road where we were getting pulled in two completely opposite sort of directions and um it makes it harder but we've just got to refine and figure out one path that includes all of our passions and it's sort of um i know you you discover more things about yourself but then you also realize you have to refine yourself to what you really want to be yeah yeah i would say that yeah like with, with riches have wheels we've got our travel blog page and then we've got our camper van kitchen page um and then we've got other kinds of you know we've got our regular day jobs that we do as well and and by the time you do that and you're keeping up with all your social media kind of stuff um because you know we've always been so lucky and so grateful to have our followers and some of us um some of our followers have, have been following me for sort of 15 years with various um work and writings that i've done so hugely grateful for that um but, but gareth you know he does a, a lot of filmmaking photography and that kind of thing so um as you said we're we're pulled in all these different directions and it would we're trying to find a way of where we can bring everything together, <laughs> which is hard when they're so diverse, but we're working on it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because you can, you know, I've, I often feel like a lot of people have this idea that they can change their lifestyle and, um, you know, for example, give up the house and, and move into a van or onto a boat or, you know, some other kind of like yeah external lifestyle changes. And, and they sort of have this expectation that it takes all their problems away and that life will just be cruisy and easy and super relaxing. Um, but you actually still have to, you know, do that work as well. And you sort of have to change your mindset. And, um, and if you don't, then, you know, quite easily. Yeah, like you said before, Gareth, it doesn't matter if you live in a house or a van. If, if you're the kind of person that says yes to everything, then you're going to end up being super busy and overloaded, right? So just moving into a van or, or doing something like that doesn't automatically mean you have a, a relaxing and stress-free life, right? Yeah, I think it definitely helps, you know, to have a, a fresh start, a fresh surrounding is you know one one of the best ways you can go about it but everything begins with i and what's going on with you yourself you know and um yeah yeah i think one of the the favorite things for us you know we rely on technology for us to be able to do our work so it's kind of a necessary evil so there's nothing that i love better than when we're at campgrounds that don't have power that we can plug into that's the mm. time when i really relax you know in the in the summer and and yeah we can just throw the doors open and like gareth said you know you've got the chairs and everything is idyllic and i can read books and just sit and do crosswords or sit and do nothing if i want to because you know there's not that distraction that always calling me oh i should just check this i should just check that so yeah um we're really lucky you know and another reason we've taken a lot of these opportunities is because we do know that there are, are friends um out there that have sort of made the same move as us and haven't been so lucky with the work you know for them um they haven't been able to find sources that are so constant so you know we sort of see how they struggle and so we we think that we're incredibly lucky and i guess you kind of get that mentality of wow well we, we better take this opportunity while it's being offered to us um but at the same time you know there's, there's nothing that compares to the joy of just switching off and, and not having power we had uh, three weeks without power in January and it was amazing you know that that is to me what van life is all about that was just mm. awesome <laughs> yeah yeah I have the same with you know I love to go to places that don't have phone coverage but at the same time it always makes me nervous because I feel like I should be contactable for work but it is just it's something incredibly relaxing about knowing no one can get hold of me yeah definitely <laughs> Cool. Hey, um, just we've touched on, you know, work a couple of times, but I know it's something that people are always super interested in is hearing how people who live this way um, support themselves financially. Um, so just kind of, you know, summarize for me, um, since we've been kind of jumping back and forth on a, on a few of them, but what, what are your sources of income? How do you make this work financially? Well, um, with Jackie being a freelance writer, she writes for Motorhomes, Caravans and Destinations magazine, as well as picking up um, odd pieces with places like Stuff, uh, who do news and different magazines. Although um, 
yeah, it, it jumps around quite a lot. But for me, I didn't really have a freelance profession. I was working at Bunnings before it started, and I was happy to do any sort of labor job. But I've fallen into actually becoming a free uh, freelance photographer and filmmaker full time. And that was just through taking a few photos for Jackie's articles. And now it's my full time job. And I work very closely with a charity called Vegan FTA, producing uh, video series and short films for them now. Cool. And so how do you usually um, find work? Is it do you go out and hunt for it or is it word of mouth? Um, where do you find it? Well, the buggers keep coming to us. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, we've never had to. We've never had to. When we first hit the road, you know, a lovely couple that we met, they'd been working on um, orchards and, um, you know, fruit picking and all kinds of stuff around the country. They'd been on the road for about five years. And so they gave us the spreadsheet with all of the um, – contacts and jobs of places so that if we ever you know needed to find work then you know that's something that we could use and have all their phone numbers and names and that kind of thing and we've never needed to use that spreadsheet but we've given it to countless other people that we've met <laughs> oh, that's cool yeah I think you know I, I kind of like almost feel like I need to put a sort of a word of warning out there because I'm actually quite similar to you guys and that work sort of seems to find me but I also know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, so if you're listening to this and you, you know, you hear us talk about how easy it is to find work, please don't just, you know, quit your job and sell up and move onto the route thinking you'll find work, um, you know, just that easily. Like I've, I've heard from a lot of people, especially those in other countries, like maybe New Zealand is a bit different there, but yeah, I've heard from a lot of people that they actually found it quite hard to find income. So just, you know, I thought I'd put that word of warning in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely good call. I mean, we were lucky, I suppose, because we were used to having things you know were, were tough times and I had to do a lot to try and make meat and so I guess we were already pretty resourceful and we, we brought that onto the road with us um but I guess one positive as well is that um with Gareth you know finding a whole new uh, career and um, profession and everything when you when you get out there and, and on the road and you've got time to finally sort of focus on yourself um and not in a selfish way so much but just sort of really deciding what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, um, what your strengths are, um, you know, and one of the joys about working on the road, I suppose, is that, you know, if you do find a job and you don't like, it's not the end of the world. It's not like a, when you're living stationary and, you know, you're signing up to whatever employment you've got, <clears throat> sorry, for the duration, you know, if you want to sign, sign up for somewhere for, for six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever, picking fruit or, you know, something like that and you don't like it, it's not the end of the world because you know that in just a few weeks, well, you can move on, you will have earned some money and you've got it behind you and you can go off and have a blast for a while, you know, so <laughs> always positive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, you know, you just, yeah, just, you discover new interests and skills and you might, you know, end up making your money with something that you haven't even considered yet because, you know, you're so stuck in, in your everyday life that there hasn't been that headspace to maybe think ahead what else you might want to do. Um, mm, absolutely. Yeah. So what happened, if you think back about the last um, four years and um, obviously, you know, there've probably been like some, some, you know, huge ups and downs for you. So what have been the highlights so far of living this lifestyle? Well, mainly just all the amazing places we get to go to. Um, we went and did a three-day hike at, at Kawakawa Station, which is on um, Cape Palliser. And mm. went off and did this um, hike and it was absolutely amazing. It was just off in the back country there and yeah, there's just so many, I, I can't list them all. There's just so many hundreds of different places we end up going to and even discovering um, small towns and stuff. Like we spent some time in Gore, like we mentioned earlier about in the caravan. Um, we ended up discovering, you know, how wonderful that little town was because we had the time on the road to stop somewhere where we'd normally just drive straight through. And you build such a community around you on the road. You don't have your permanent neighbors like you would in a, four-walled house you know it's always changing and sometimes you may only uh, meet a person once you know and don't see him again but you just meet so many wonderful people and so many people who share a similar walk in life you know like us talking now it's um like-minded folks yeah 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I've like I found for me that was um a really important experience because um I sort of left this, you know, life and world where it felt like everyone else around me was on the same path and I was on a different path. And so you can feel quite left out. And then I started traveling and, and I met, you know, other people, like you say, like-minded people. And you realize, hey, I'm not the only one that's on this different path. It was really reassuring to me. Yeah. Like, um, what's the word for it? Coddy Wampling, you know, <laughs> so, uh, Coddy Wampling to wander with a, was a sense of difference. Purpose. Wander purposefully. Yeah. Wander purposefully, yeah. So I think um a lot of us have that wanderlust gene, that sort of that coddy wampling inside of us. And you know, some of us are just born travelers, we're born nomads. I think uh for me the nomad lifestyle is very natural, you know, because we've been doing it for thousands of years, really. And, you know, we're just the modern generation of it. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So then if you you know, I think obviously the, the other question that follows on from asking about your highlights is um, what have been the biggest challenges for you? We've already talked about, you know, struggling to say no to things and, and taking on too much. But other than that, anything you found particularly challenging? Yeah, as, um, as you know, we ended up with the caravan and that was largely because I, well, oh, crikey, we hadn't even been on the road very long and I developed some health problems and um some some chronic pain sort of problems and they didn't go well we, we couldn't get them diagnosed it was about 18 months before we managed to get to the bottom of it by which time I was in a bit of a state um and needed major surgery I actually had two operations in two weeks I had I had one for that condition which was a, a major major and um also found that I needed um breast surgery to remove some nasty cells as well a couple of weeks mm -hmm. before that and it was winter and, you know, it was damp in the van and cold and everything was happening at once. Gareth was having to do everything. And I'd actually been bedridden for, yeah, seven months. Um, I, I could wow. barely walk at all. And so by the time we had the surgery, you know, that, that helped. Um, I was fine. My, um, my test results all came back negative as well. So that was great. And um, it was a case of recovery, but it was very hard to do, you know, I needed to be able to, to move around and be comfortable. And it was really hard in a little wee van that was only sort of four meters wide. And so we were talking to some friends and thought, well, crikey, we should, um, you know, maybe, maybe we didn't want to have to upsize because we love our van. And so, but we said, yeah, we'll, we'll see if, if the right one finds us, you know, then, then we'll think about maybe looking for a caravan. And so uh, literally the next day we heard about one that was, just around the corner from us it was a 15 foot uh, zephyr and the price was right and so um so that we do have as a base now and we've kept down in gore and and that really helps to or me to recuperate and uh, get back on track again but even though the challenges sucked at the time it actually turned into something really good as well because we got to the stage that you know seven months without income um gareth was helping out at the campground that we were staying at um as a assistant caretaker in lieu of rent so we kept our heads above water that way but after seven months without income we thought oh god you know what are we going to do and I, I just sat there in the van one morning and I was like you know I've got to make something good happen for us this is it just can't go on you know was was feeling so low and so uh, I wrote to some publishers and um, funny enough we were talking about bringing out a cookbook at the time we brought out one uh, an ebook on our camper van kitchen page um, the year before and I said to Gareth god you know we, we did this ebook it was a recipe book and uh, we gave it away on our Facebook page at the time and we had over 40,000 people download it and oh. we thought, yeah we thought oh my yeah geez if only we'd charge us like a dollar for that or something yeah just so 50 we, cents would have been good <laughs> exactly would have been lovely so as Gareth said we're really good at you know giving things away which you know that's it's nice it's just how we are and so you know I was sitting up there in, in bed and one morning and just like got to make something good happen and I said to Gareth well you know we, we've got enough recipes that we can do another recipe book now maybe we should charge a dollar for it this time and see and then I thought, well, no, hang on, I'm I'm actually going to go to a publisher, you know, um, and see. You you just never know. If I explain the way that we're living and and all this food that we've done, you know, in a, a kitchen sort of 1.6 meters wide, somebody might just take it on. And so uh, I wrote to the publishers, and basically, I guess I got to the stage that I felt well didn't have anything to lose. You know, it was kind of like 
we're going to do this anyway, but, you know, <laughs> here's yeah. an opportunity if you like the sound of what we're doing. And I had about five or six publishers get back to me that same day, um, all wanting to be part of it. And the one that we went with, New Holland Publishers, um, they were the first to get back to me. And not only that, they offered us a two-book deal, which is how uh, we came to write the book My Van, My Castle as well. And so... You know, from lows come some great highs as well. It was a horrible time, but perhaps if we hadn't gone through these challenges, then this great stuff wouldn't have happened either. Yeah, such a good attitude in life, I think, because I find that too. Sometimes when I look back, you know, some of the things that seemed the hardest at the time were actually the things that opened doors that, yeah, otherwise might have just never opened for me. So um, yeah. I think it's a really great attitude to have. I would like to add on... Um... Another difficulty, which I think would be very helpful to people setting up vans, is considering damp, because damp mm -hmm. was a major issue for us during winters uh, for like the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. And making sure you insulate and, you know, like paint your timber properly. Uh, the people we bought our van off, they built it for the summer and none of the paint, uh, none of the timber inside was painted. So that started growing mold and stuff. So if there's anyone out there who's building a van um, for long-term staying, make sure you make it damp-proof pretty much inside. And, um, and airflow. airflow. Yeah, airflow and insulation. Big thing to do. Yeah, good tips. Good things to keep in mind. Um, just, you know, speaking of your van, um, I sometimes I feel a bit like compared to you, I'm like, living a little bit in luxury like first of all I'm you know on my own so just sort of half the you know amount of people you are but your van is actually you know really basic so um how do you find it like living in in such a small space together as a couple it's just it's never been a problem we've never I mean we've never had an argument anyway we've never sort of had a crossword or anything and I guess um you know we went through some pretty um tough times when we were back in the house you know so we were used to pulling together and becoming stronger from the challenges that we face and so it's always been the same in the van as well and somehow even though the van's only four and a half meters long you know we have our little zones that we stick to um when we do our work or you know downtime or whatever and yeah it sounds crazy but I guess you know it's just home home is what you make it and I think you know we never had a plan B it, it had to work you know I guess probably about 50% of the people that we meet have been like us and just sold up everything and, and hit the road and you know this is their only home so you've got to make it work and the other 50% have still got um, a property you know it was back up whether they're renting it out or you know um, and so you know the, the couples that we find that live on the road like us are just generally happier and a lot more content and I think it's because you've you've got to put that time into each other. You know, you don't have any outside influences. You don't have anybody else to complain to about each other. Um, you know, you have to invest that time for your own good as as well as the other person's as well. And so, um, as Gareth has always said, you know, communication is such a huge factor, especially in a van like ours. You know, we can't go storming off and, and slamming the door if we have an argument because there's nowhere to go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have actually met couples that have deliberately bought huge motorhomes because they've sort of said, well, we fight. And so we've got to have spaces that, you know, <laughs> I can go to my area and he can go to his. But, yeah, you know, we, we don't have that. And so we've just got to talk everything out and we're very in tune with one another. Um, if one of us is having a bad day, the other one kind of, we usually go swings and roundabouts, don't we? Yeah. And um, I find in four walls in a proper house, it's sort of, it's too easy to close the door on people on problems and just uh shut things away hide them away and until they become too much and for us we just find it a lot healthier to be open about things and you know if you have a problem you deal with it and um it just makes us enjoy each other's company so much more and you know really um make time for each other yeah we tend to stress out about different things so if, if gareth gets in a state about something i'm the one that can sort of yeah perk him up a bit and, and be the calm one and vice versa so uh, we just work really well you know I, I think any couple that embarks on a life this way has got to have a pretty good relationship in the first place 
Yeah. What would be maybe sort of the one or two, maybe three, I guess, key tips you would give, you know, a couple that's about to um, move into a van or even, you know, a motorhome, like a small space together. Do you have sort of, you know, two or three things you'd say, hey, you know, if you do these three things, you give yourself a much better chance of making it? Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, do. Um, I suppose if possible, test it beforehand, before embarking like mm. the long-term um, either travel or life on the road. If you do get the chance to, you know, even if it's just camping for like a week or more, um, it's definitely good to test the waters first because when you're in close proximities, there's a lot more little uh, quirks and habits that you pick up from. Um, yeah yeah i think so i mean we had really no experience of, of that whatsoever i'd never set foot in a motor home um had never been camping for more than you know a week when i was 13 type thing um and obviously you know we hadn't done this kind of thing certainly living together so you know we, we were really lucky the way that things have worked out i mean we get couples and, and people saying all the time oh i don't know how you could live without this or you know how am i going to live without my hair dryer or um all kinds of things and it's like if you're worrying about things like that's probably not for you but mm. you know at least go try it out first i think another thing would be being confident in your independence despite being in a relationship you've got to be able to rely on yourself as well so that then you know like in our case here uh making sure that i can if jackie's not well i can look after her properly and then vice versa you know so mm. um yeah, being able to you know, even just things like helping out with the cooking, being confident in your ability to do that yourself, so that then together you work well. Yeah, hmm. interesting. It's um, one topic I can't really add much insight to because I'm uh, living on my own, which is very easy. <laughs> I don't. I, I think it's really good for a relationship. It's definitely going to make or break a relationship. I mean, we've known couples. Um, not since we've been on the road, but we have known couples in the past that just haven't got along. Um, and I think maybe just accept that you're not going to be living the dream all the time. Yes, you're going to have the most fantastic times together, the most unforgettable. You know, there's going to be countless memories and, and so much great stuff that you're going to experience together. I mean, funny enough, you know, Gareth and I never dreamed that we would want to get married. Um, when I met Gareth, he said from the start that, you know, he didn't believe in marriage. <laughs> and so it was like okay well you know I'm, I'm gonna stick with you anyway it's all right it's not all about marriage type thing and then um you know he proposed suddenly one day at uh, tunnel beach in Dunedin which was I knew ages ago I wanted to marry him but um I, I wasn't gonna say anything because um you know I didn't want to scare him off when he'd already said at the start that you know he would he never wanted to get married he didn't believe in it and so um when he proposed it was really surprising but um you just changed your feeling on it hadn't you yeah well if we could survive the three what was it two and a half years at that stage in like a tiny van then um we can get through anything yeah yeah we've just grown so much together and like i say you just invest that time in each other rather having outside influences you know we don't grumble to colleagues saying god i wish he didn't do this or you know oh he did this this morning and oh i'm just so sick of this and that as, as gareth said before it's all communication it's all about talking things out you just don't have a lot of the problems and issues and in, in gripes that a lot of couples do have i tell you mm -hmm. what he still leaves his socks on the floor even in the van <laughs> but it's the worst thing i could think of to say about him and if that's the worst thing well we're gonna be doing something right <laughs> That's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like you guys got, you know, a couple living in the van pretty much sorted out. So that's awesome to hear. Um, cool. So here's, here's a question that's, you know, most people find a bit left field, but something I'm just really, you know, I'm interested in and just love hearing different answers from different people. Um, what does happiness mean to you? Happiness to me is freedom. Being able to choose how I live my life and where I go with it and not conforming to, I guess, the usual social standards, you know, living the way I want to and discovering the world I want to, you know, it, without freedom, there isn't much to me. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely having freedom, um, being able to go where we want, you know, not being tied to one place. It's it's definitely 
for me, that's happiness. We get to experience so much more. I mean, um, in the first book that I wrote, My Van, My Castle, I kind of said towards the end of it that if I if I was to die tomorrow, at least I would feel as though I'd done something with my life, you know, and I have been and done and seen so much that four years ago, I think I would have been left feeling that I hadn't, you know, seen or done anything really very much. And that would have been really sad. So, so definitely um, happiness is, is freedom. And I think for me, the, just the most simplest things, you know, standing at a, at the edge of a, of a lake or, you know, in, in a forest and being the only one there for around and just, just the, the more simpler things, the better, I think, you know, I just, I mm. love, you know, I read a book called Woman in the Wilderness um, a couple of years ago about um, a woman that is even more extreme than, than we are. And uh, she and her husband went off to live in the bush in, uh, in New Zealand and around the West Coast and, you know, had no contact with anybody for months. I could totally do that. I could never shoot possums with a slingshot like she did. I couldn't <laughs> eat them either. But, you know, that's my kind of, um, that's where I'm happiest most of all. That's, yeah, definitely my, my definition of happiness is just being living life as simply as possibly and um and just being surrounded by nature really that's what it's all yeah. about yeah I, I so agree I, you know I always say to people that probably like the most amazing thing that happened for me when I made this choice and started to live this way is that I realized how little I actually need to live a really happy life and it mm. just sets you free you know realizing that what you need to be happy is completely achievable and within your control. Um, it's just such a liberating feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. People laugh at us because sometimes we do house sitting and I totally get from the start we've understood, you know, what you mean about how little you need because <laughs> every time we go on a house sit, the people can never believe it. They think that they're giving us this huge luxury in that you know oh you're going to be so much more comfortable you know you can spread out you're going to have all this room you're going to love it and then when they come back and realize that we've been camped out in one room the whole time because you know we don't need or, or want all this big space we love just you know our little wee capsule wherever that happens to be yeah I get that like I do a bit of house sitting as well and usually when especially when I haven't house sat for a while and then I'm in this, you know, big house and I almost feel lost. I'm like, where do I go? Where do I sit? You know, what do I do with all this space around me? So you, yeah, yeah. I love my, my cozy little home in my van as well. Absolutely. Um, all right. Last question for you. I'm just conscious of time. Um, so I always ask this question at the end. What advice would you give people who feel stuck in their lives and want to escape the rat race? Oh, you know, like the TV ads says, just do it, really. Um, you know, like we've touched on, if you've got any qualms or fears, then by all means, go out and have a practice first. Certainly, if you're going to be like us and just sell up everything and go, you know, at least practice first. Um, you know, we were very lucky that it worked out. But I think, whether you know, even if you just try short stints either for a weekend or rent a motorhome for a week or, you know, even two weeks. We, we always reckon two weeks, didn't we? If you can survive two weeks and you're enjoying it, and you're still getting along well, you should have it pretty sucked. Yeah. I'd like to add as well, you know, your happiness is the most important thing. And um, although we touched on earlier, you know, how it's probably a lot harder in many other people's cases in different areas. But sometimes, you know, if you're you're in a bit of a rut, uh, things are miserable, you hate your job and stuff like that, sometimes it is a time to make a drastic leap it might not be hitting the road it might be you know just moving to a different area but put your happiness first and just get out there and uh, try and achieve your dreams you know mm. if um if you don't quite make it well that's okay at least you tried so just go for it absolutely yeah. I mean, it's oh. a bit of a cliche but it's so true you know we've only got one life and so you you don't get to have another shot at it if it doesn't if you don't manage to do everything that you want to do you know you it's down to you to change. And if you're unhappy in, in a, a town or a job or a home or whatever, you're the only person that can change that. So, you know. Yes, so true. So true. And, and you know, I often feel like so many people are trying so hard to 
you know, chase success in the sense of, you know, achievement and titles and money and kind of forget that actually the ultimate success is happiness. So who cares if you're not the CEO of some company and you don't have a lot of money in the bank, but if you're happy, isn't that what it's all about? So I totally agree with you, Gareth, you know, you got to be happy. So put your happiness first. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you say, you know, and you, you know yourself, once you get out here, it's a whole different world and all of those goals and those, you know, statistics and these, these aims and dreams that we're supposed to have that, you know, to, to have so much money by this age and have this qualification by that age and have a mortgage and be mortgage free by such and such. It means nothing out here. It all means nothing, <laughs> which is wonderful. <laughs> That's why we don't want to go back. <laughs> So true. I do still freak out a little bit every time I read, you know, one of these articles that says that by 35, you should have, I don't know how much money in the bank. And I always get this little like fright moment. And then I remember that I don't actually need that much money because I figured out how to be happy on a lot less. But yeah, it always gives me a little fright. <laughs> exactly. Good on you. And I have to admit, one of the things that makes us chuckle, especially the first time, you know, be being in the, the van, um, and living full time on the road in New Zealand, we get um, mistaken quite a lot for overseas tourists. Mm. And so, you know, people quite often get a bit of a fright when uh, we come leaping out and, you know, got this sort of Kiwi twangs going on and they realize that we're not just on holiday. And a couple of times, you know, we've had uh, sort of more senior um motorhomers come up to us and have a chat and then be patting us on the back and sort of be saying oh well you know you never know less one day you might end up with a home of your own and a proper house you know and I just smile sweetly and say oh that would be lovely but really I want to say oh god no I've been there done that never doing that again <laughs> oh yeah absolutely totally know what you mean <laughs> Um, cool. All right. Um, hey, thank you guys so much. It's honestly been awesome to, you know, finally, I have to say, get a chance to chat to you. Um, and yeah, I yeah. really hope that maybe one day soon we'll get a chance to do this in person. I'm sure we will. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. I look forward oh, to catching up on the road. Yeah, exactly. Which hopefully we will all be traveling again one day soon. That will be great. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day and hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm looking forward to bringing you the next episode soon. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you have any questions or suggestions for me or you want to come on the show, you can contact me through my website, lifedonedifferently.com.